a listener production. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Broadsheet Sydney Around Town. I'm Nick Connellan, Broadsheet's Publications Director, filling in for Emma Joyce. Today, I'm chatting to Audrey Payne, another Broadsheet editor, about Past Lives, a fantastic new South Korean movie which is up for an Oscar nomination. But first, we're cutting to the Melbourne studio, where Broadsheet's editorial director, Kachavaktil, is chatting to James Williams about a brilliant new hotel in Melbourne. We've had a couple of new hotels open in Melbourne this year, and they've been big brand name hotels, both in the city. The Meridian opened in March, the Ritz-Carlton followed soon after. Today, we're going to hear about a new boutique hotel that's opened in Richmond, which I think is going to be the perfect spot for those who are travelling to Melbourne from interstate to go to a game or a concert at the MCG. But also it sounds like a fabulous new spot for a staycation. Broadsheets James Williams joins us to chat about the Motley Hotel. Welcome, James. Hey, Katja. So the positioning of this hotel is pretty interesting. There's other accommodation around this area, but this is the most glam so far. It's right on in the head of the action on Bridge Road, right outside the tram stop, and it's really discreetly hidden into the like existing heritage buildings there. I walked straight past it and didn't even realise it was there. I was driving home last night down Bridge Road, realised we were talking about the Motley today, and I thought, how did I miss it? So it's, it's really nestled in among some of those Victorian terraces. From the outside, it's just right, like squished right in between these two old heritage facades, but inside is completely opposite. It is a total head spin of like textures, wallpapers, fabrics, and everything. There's a reason for that, of course. They haven't just decided to go ham on plaids and stripes. Tell us a little bit about the history of the site, which has been quite a large inspiration for the design. So once upon a time, it was the set of a seamstress and costumier whose name was Ms. Mary Parker. She's become the muse of the entire hotel. And so as the story goes, she was creating costumes and fancy dress for Melburnians during like wartime. Um, and they've taken a lot of cues from what they imagine her costumes would have looked like or the fabrics that you might have found on her cutting room floors. And they have gone nuts with it. They've put fabrics on every single surface, textures that should never go together have come together and it looks great. In some of the rooms especially that's the case and we'll get to those in a second. But let's go over the basics. So there's 80 rooms, eight levels. If you go inside the lobby, just describe it for us. Is it large? Is it one of those boutique hotels where there's a desk and then you really spend the time in your room? Or are there quite a few areas for people to mingle? When you walk in, it's a nice like marble kind of light airy space and you walk straight through to the reception at the front. And then there's also a little room to the left that's kind of a hallway, but it's also a lounge where they have like these beautiful like big leather couches and old board games and these like timber paneled walls. And then that leads into the restaurant, Ms. Parker, as well. While it's still a small boutique hotel, you can kind of hang around in the lobby. You can get a cocktail in that little lounge. And There's also a rooftop bar. There's also a rooftop bar. On level five, there's Threads, which is quite a fun little... They've got a really great cocktail menu with these playful, funny names. And it's like hidden away, but right in the middle of it all. What have you got views of if you're up at that rooftop bar? On the rooftop bar, you're looking straight down to Bridge Road, so you can kind of see the surrounding Abbotsford area. So rooftops of Richmond and Abbotsford. Yeah. yeah. Let's go to the rooms because <laughs> they are, actually, there are two types. So we shouldn't say that they are all extreme. There are two kinds of rooms. The standard rooms are really smart and simple, really minimalist, beautiful, crisp white bedding. 
the way you would imagine a boutique hotel to be. It's kind of minimalism, but subtly quite maximalist. It's all like matching grayscale colors, but the patterns are there and they're waiting to be discovered. There's like a grayscale terrazzo flooring in the front. There's like Glen played wallpaper on one side of the room. And then on the other side, behind the bed, there's like a rock textured wall, which has warm lighting kind of emanating from behind it. It doesn't like hurt your eyes as much as you would think it would. It all is quite subtle and works well together. But as you kind of look more deeply into the room, you'll find that the patterns are there. Okay, so it's actually not as minimalist as I (laughs) thought. Maybe it's just minimalist in comparison to some of the deluxe rooms, which are inspired by Mary Parker herself. Tell us about some of those different rooms. We have to get to the Tiger Room, which is very appropriate given the proximity to Punt Road and to the MCG with, of course, the Richmond Tigers. We'll start there. Tell us about that one. It's it's greatly uh, inspired by the Tigers, obviously. But it's loud, unapologetically. There's um, some very exuberant Camilla bedding that is very befitting of a caftan. It's jungle themed. There's tigers and palm trees and everything all over it. And it matches the jungle themed wallpaper, which also has tigers creeping out. And then throughout the room, and even in the bathrooms, there's like photos of tigers everywhere. You are really taking a dive into a page of the jungle book here. And if you are a tigers fan, and again, I think this is such a great hotel to stay at if you're here to go to a footy game. If you're a Tigers fan who's come from interstate or maybe you're just a hardcore Tigers fan in Melbourne and it's finals time or maybe it's not finals time but you really want to get into the spirit, I think this is the hotel room to stay in. It's going straight into the den. You're getting into bed with the Tigers literally. (laughs) There's also really lovely views, it sounds like. You know, you've got views out. It's kind of like the terrace bar. You've got views out to Abbotsford and the rooftops, but also you describe in your story that there's views out to the CBD skyline from some rooms or even out to the Dandenong Ranges in others. Yeah, you can, on a clear day, you can see straight through out to the Dandenong Ranges and it's quite, I was surprised you could see that far from what's not a crazy tall building. Let's just talk a little bit about the restaurant that's there. You've got a chef who spent 10 years at major hotels in Hong Kong, in Thailand, in the US, heading up those kitchens. So tell us a little bit about the restaurant, Ms. Parker. I was surprised by the restaurant. I feel like hotel restaurants get a bit of a bad rap. Historically, they might have been a little bit uninspired. They kind of rely on guests, like guaranteed business almost, but it's not really the case anymore. And they've created a really playful menu that's inspired by like nostalgic Aussie flavors. There's like a Nduya Dagwood dog, um, as well as a kangaroo tartare and a Vegemite cracker. But there was one dish that I really enjoyed, which was um, the bone marrow, which you get like a sliced bone filled with marrow that has like a miso glaze brulee on top, which you crack into and you scrape the marrow down onto like an akimbo toasted sourdough slice. And it's very indulgent and rich, but very delicious. And it was really nice to get with the pom puree as well. The Motley Hotel is on Bridge Road. It's between Lennox and Church Street. So as you said, right in the action, lots of great kind of restaurants and cafes around there. It's a 10-minute walk to the MCG, or four tram stops. It's six tram stops to Fitzroy Gardens. It's eight to Fed Square. So you're getting into the heart of the city pretty quickly. And as you said, there's a tram stop right outside the hotel. But we should also mention that there's valet service for cars. So if you do have a car, you don't have to maybe worry about negotiating that bridge road traffic and the sometimes tricky parking. If you've seen Oppenheimer, donned your finest pink for Barbie, 
and made an appropriately cute bid of your cinema trip for Wes Anderson's Asteroid City, maybe you're looking for another movie recommendation. Broadsheet's Audrey Payne can't rave enough about a film she saw earlier this year at Melbourne International Film Festival, which was Celine Song's Past Lives. Welcome, Audrey. Thanks, Nick. So this is Celine Song's feature directorial debut. It's been talked about as an Oscars favourite since its debut at the Sundance Film Festival in January. What did you love about it? I loved that the film kind of unfolded in a very unexpected way, especially having been watching the trailers pretty much since January when it first came out. It is sold almost like a love triangle, but I would say it's more of just a story of these people as they move through time. Like there isn't the kind of romantic will they won't they that I think I was definitely expecting going into it. And um, this movie, you know, it's set in three parts. So I was lucky enough to speak to Celine when she was in town for Myth. Um, And when I spoke to her about it, she was kind of saying it was a story in three goodbyes. So it follows Nora, who's played by Greta Lee, who I've loved for ages. She was in Girls for a couple episodes. She's on Morning Wars. She's in Russian Doll. And I think people who've been following her career for a long time have really been waiting for her to get this kind of leading role in a film. So basically it tracks her and Sung as they go through three different stages in their lives. They're both childhood friends. Nora's family moves to Canada um, and then she moves to New York to be a playwright. They kind of reconnect over Skype and then finally in person. So the movie's told in those three chapters. Gotcha. And what's the connection to um, Celine Song's life? There is one there, isn't there? Yeah, so it's interesting. Like she described it almost as a work of autofiction. So that literary genre where people kind of blur the lines between real life and fiction. She had a similar story, like was from South Korea. Her family moved to Canada. She then moved to New York. She herself is a playwright and now a screenwriter and director. Um, And she also mentioned she had this moment with her childhood sweetheart and her American husband, and they were all sitting at a bar in New York together and kind of, that's the first scene of the movie. And she said she like distinctly remembered sitting there feeling like it was something special happening between the three of them and feeling that she would distill it into a film. So it is very personal. But then she was also very um, firm in saying that it wasn't, you know, directly what happened in real life. It's not reality. No, it's not. Yeah. So how does this tie back to Korean cinema feels like it's Mm -hmm. been really on the rise in the West in the past kind of 10 years or something. How does it compare to some of those big hits like um, Parasite and Burning? Yeah, well, compared to Parasite and Burning, it's a lot less anxiety-inducing, at least in my mind. I think what's cool is that because Korean cinema has had this kind of, it's become very common in Western society for people to go see Korean movies. Those directors are finally getting their flowers in the West. Um, She mentioned that, you know, when she was trying to sell the movie, because the movie is in Korean and English, That didn't seem to be a barrier, whereas she said that maybe trying to get something like this made five years ago might not have been the same situation. Like, people were really actually chasing her for this script and wanting to make it, which is cool. And what did she say to you about, I guess, the the doors and the opportunities this has opened for her? So she did tease that she's working on a new project, but um, we spoke during the writer's strike, so she wasn't really able to talk about what exactly that was. But there is another film coming. 
Great. Yeah. So this is a name that we should be kind of looking out for in the future. Definitely. I think, you know, you mentioned in the intro, there's been a lot of Oscar buzz, especially um, for screenplay and same for Greta Lee in the leading actress race. Um, yeah. And I think just talking to her really helped frame the movie and kind of gave a lot of insight into the thought that went behind things that you don't really notice. Like there's a scene at the end where Nora is walking Sung to an Uber and she kind of described it as like a timeline and these two characters moving towards the past almost. And it's these like subtle things that you don't necessarily pick up on. But once she explained it, it kind of, at least for me, helped me realize why I had a certain response to the film, like the intention behind it. Past Lives in Cinemas from August 31. Thank you so much, Audrey, for coming in. Thanks, Nick. Listener.